Hello and welcome. My name is Deborah Harvey and I'm a partner in the energy team at Osborne Clark. As has been broadly acknowledged, hydrogen has a major role to play in the transition to net zero. We've seen a real growth in interest around hydrogen in the last few years due to the breadth of potential use cases across a number of sectors, including power, industry, mobility, and also within the built environment. We recently held a very well-supported hydrogen in-depth webinar series. And as part of that series, we had the pleasure of Pablo Barando from Aurora Energy Research joining us to discuss hydrogen markets and hydrogen regulation. The following podcast has been taken from Pablo's keynote speech, which was recorded on the 12th of September. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, I just wanted to run you through a brief overview of what the hydrogen market stands at the moment. So um, in the context of Europe's climate goals, hydrogen has emerged as an important energy vector to decarbonize the economy, particularly in those sectors in which electrification is challenging or not viable. So these climate goals have translated into more specific targets for hydrogen, which in fact have been recently increased through the Repower EU strategy with the aim to reduce Europe's reliance on gas faster. So among other things, this strategy proposes to reach a supply of renewable hydrogen in the EU of uh, 20 megatons per year, four times higher than the initial Fit for 55 goal. Um, and this is split into two halves. Uh, the first one uh, that would be domestic production of renewable hydrogen, which accounts for 10 megatons and the other half coming from imports. Um, for reference, and to give a bit of a sense of the order of magnitude, EU's total uh, current hydrogen consumption is about eight megatons per year, which mostly come uh, from gray hydrogen. So uh, overall, this new target uh, could make all the current uh, consumption green and still help to further decarbonize key industrial sectors, providing an additional around 12 megatons per year of renewable hydrogen. Now, to achieve this, um, we estimate that the EU's uh, electrolyzer capacity would need to reach at least 75 gigawatts by 2030 to, pro to provide enough domestic production to reach those 10 megatons of green hydrogen um, per year. And um, how does this compare with the pipeline of projects? Um, are these targets possible to meet? So according to our internal electrolyzer database, uh, just in Europe, the pipeline of projects amounts to around 135 gigawatts of electrolyzers, with the majority around 100 being in early planning phases and around 35 gigawatts being under more developed phases under development mostly. So. This does mean that there is a lot of interest in the sector, um, that the pipeline is healthy enough in principle to facilitate, facilitate the required deployment to meet the EU's 2030 targets. Um, but at the same time, I think it's worth noting that as of today, there's very little capacity that has been deployed, less than 200 megawatts, um, and very few projects are uh, currently reaching financial closure. Um, so I think it's worth also mentioning that there's still important risks and barriers to the deployment of these assets, and this will need to be addressed in order to ensure that the build-out of about 75 gigawatts by 2030 uh, is possible and the targets are met.
So now moving, looking at the hydrogen sector from the demand perspective, um, we estimate a vast potential for this energy vector to help to reach net zero across Europe. Um, overall, we see over 1,800 terawatt hours of hydrogen demand by 2050, and this is fairly aligned with the projections from other agencies and the European Hydrogen Backbone and the European Commission. Um, and most of this demand, uh, where we see it coming, is from the industry and mobility sectors, um, particularly in those subsectors in which um, electrification is not viable for certain applications. So. Until 2030, we would expect most of the uptake of hydrogen uh, to be used for ammonia production or refinery industries where grey hydrogen is currently being used. Um, we also expect an increasing demand of hydrogen for the steel industry, particularly for primary production of steel, uh, with um, important projects already under, under development about they, they would be equivalent to about 10 gigawatts of electrolyzers that would be needed to satisfy the demand of hydrogen from those projects. So quite an important sector for the uptake of uh, green hydrogen demand. And um, beyond that, I, uh, most of the hydrogen demand in the industry sector will largely be driven by its using high-grade process heating. Um, as some of these applications, uh, electrification is not really suitable or um, a direct combustion is really needed for, for those uses. Now, from the mobility sector, where we see hydrogen playing a bigger role is, uh, on the one hand, in the road uh, transport sector, it will mostly come from buses and heavy-duty freight bike vehicles. So for buses, we've already seen, uh, we, we see quite a lot of projects being backed by uh, local governments, um, Heavy-duty freight will probably come later on throughout the, the decade, um, but we do see that hydrogen is um, probably the best suited uh, solution to decarbonize some of these end uses. Um, and additionally, but probably later on, more, more towards the 2040s, um, is where we see hydrogen playing a very important role decarbonizing the maritime and aviation sectors. Um, finally, when talking about space heating, the, the role of hydrogen here is more limited as heat pumps generally offer a more efficient and competitive solution. So we do expect some uh, demand for hydrogen here, uh, particularly as we see hydrogen being uh, injected into gas networks, which can be used with equipment relatively easy to install. So there will be some uptake, some use of hydrogen for space heating, but this sector will be uh, relatively smaller compared to the potential that it has in industry and mobility. And to complete a bit the, the picture of this overview of the hydrogen market, um, we wanted, I wanted to uh, give a bit of a sense of where we see hydrogen pricing. So according to our estimates, um, which are based on our view on the evolution of technology costs, the electrolyzers, its operational costs, electricity price projections, etc., uh, we expect the levelized cost of producing green hydrogen to be close to three euros per kilogram by 2030. Um, now, 
as you can see in the left hand side graph we 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 show a range as this will be highly dependent on a number of things um particularly on the renewable resources that are available in each country but also on the business model um as 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 probably everyone is aware there's different ways in which you can produce green hydrogen depending on whether the electrolyzer is connected to the grid or not and you like in all the cases you have to be compliant with the red two regulation for producing green hydrogen um but uh, given that range um of prices we still expect it to be slightly above where we would expect the blue hydrogen benchmark cost which would be between 2.5 and 3 euros per kilogram uh, by 2030, we still expect that green hydrogen will be slightly above that mark. Um, so it's also uh, worth highlighting that um, we're probably not in agreement with the view that green hydrogen costs can get uh, below two euros per kilogram by 2030. Um, achieving these levels required to take very aggressive views on the evolution of electrolyzer capex costs on the cost of electricity. Uh, both of which we do expect to decrease during this decade uh, and especially compared to today's levels, but uh, not to the extent that would lead to a levelized cost below two euros per kilogram, which we, which is kind of like a, a price range that we would expect more towards 2040 and beyond. And finally, um, I wanted to highlight the, the, the important consideration uh, that is to take into account the full supply chain costs of delivering hydrogen. So when calculating the delivered costs of hydrogen, um, this includes the actual production process through the electrolysis, but also the logistics, uh, which includes storing and transporting the output. And this can add very significant cost to projects, particularly in the near term, where there's no available large-scale uh, facilities. So storing compressed or liquefied hydrogen is much more expensive than using large-scale salt caverns. Um, and in a similar way, transporting hydrogen from the production facility to the end user via trucks or small pipelines is several times more expensive on a levelized uh, basis than doing so through large-scale infrastructure. Um, in addition to this, there can be other costs, such as we're talking about the mobility sector, the refueling, uh, the hydrogen refueling station. So when putting together all the components, it can mean that the total costs of delivered green hydrogen can easily double the actual pure production costs. And while we expect, especially the storage and transport costs to diminish significantly in the next decade or so, once this large scale infrastructure is more readily available. Until then, the reality is that end users will likely have to pay significantly higher price for green hydrogen. And this, uh, this is the end of the overview of the hydrogen market. So I will now pass it to the Osborne Clark team. Thanks very much, Pablo, for that fantastic insight. Morning, everyone. My name is Deborah Harvey, and I'm a partner in Osborne Clark's Energy Projects team based in London. I'm going to use the next five minutes to give you a quick overview of the regulatory position with respect to hydrogen projects in the UK. In view of the amount of material to cover, I'm conscious that this will be a bit of a canter through. At present, we don't have a specific regulatory framework for the production, storage and transportation of hydrogen in the UK. 
The current regulatory system was developed before hydrogen emerged as a viable technology, meaning that anybody undertaking a hydrogen project in the UK is required to shoehorn their project into rather fragmented regulation. We've seen this issue before in relation to battery storage and to an extent with renewables. So um, this isn't something that is alien to the sector. The government here has recognised the issue. The hydrogen strategy, which was published around this time last year, and the subsequent consultations we've seen coming out of government, recognise the need for a new regulatory framework to support hydrogen. However, it takes time. The hydrogen strategy recognised that frameworks will be finalised in the window between 2025 and 2027, and we've certainly seen nothing that will operate to change that.